Hey, hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 21st of June, 2022. Happy Tuesday. Happy first day of summer. Happy uh, birthday eve to me. Welcome to the program. Uh, yeah, action-packed program, as we always have. Uh, yeah, uh, to, to everybody who's I'm sitting here trying to think, this is the problem uh, when I try to think instead of just speaking. Uh, thanks to everybody who sent me kind notes and what have you about my Sunday column about my father and his latest diagnosis. Uh, I don't. I, if I knew how to respond, I would. If I knew how to put everything clearly, I would have talked about it on the show. And uh, instead of in a garbled mess of a column where even now I think about it, it's just... Uh, a convoluted mess of random thoughts, wishes, and fears, and hopes, and everything. Uh, but I appreciate all the kind words. I'm still trying to figure out a special combination of words to get my dad to change his mind. I don't. I don't. None of my siblings think it exists. But I can't quit. You know, he raised me not to quit. <laughs> That's the thing. So. If you've got a magic combination of words that you think would work, I am all ears. Email me, DerekAllenHunter at gmail.com. Um, but otherwise, just know that your words and thoughts and prayers and everything are much, much appreciated um, You know, over the course of, uh, who knows, hopefully the next 10 years. But um, at least for a while, I'm going to try to get back to see him as much as I can much as time allows logistics allow and i can afford which is the real bitch of the thing but um so yeah the shows will go on i'll find a way to put something up every day ironically my dad would be pissed if i didn't so i would and the curse show will always be there um so if you've ever thought about supporting the show now uh, or ever before i could use some help uh, right now at uh, patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or at Derek Hunter dot locals dot com or hell PayPal with my email account or whatever. And it just, I don't know, be making a lot of trips back to Michigan, try and get him to come out here for a while too. And um, try my best not to think about it while you can't do anything but think about it. It's one of those damnedest things about our brains anyway <clears throat> and keep the uh the thoughts and prayers coming appreciate the hell out of it now before i start getting choked up because i read the com read the comments on my facebook page where i posted it from like my dad's best friend for <laughs> 75 years literally they went to elementary school together they live near each other they retire near each other they're just everything you want and my dad is nothing if not uh consistent in his loyalties married to one woman since he was 19 years old for 57 years until my mom died a few years ago best friends since kindergarten met in kindergarten and still best friends that tells you something about my dad so anyway i'm gonna stop talking about it now if i figure out a way i can talk about it without getting choked up 
I will. But now I have to take a break and then come back and start the show. So let's start the show. Uh, anyway, we've got a, a lot going on, a lot to get to. And sitting there and I'm thinking, where do I want to start with this thing? We've got to talk a little bit about the president falling off a bike. There's no real good audio of it. There's good video of it. you got some reporters gasping. Oh, oh no, the emperor has no clue. How are we going to cover this one? How are we going to spin this thing? What are we going to do? But Joe Biden is having a nice four-day weekend at Rehoboth Beach. Boy, howdy, would it be nice to have one of those. I'd love to have a four-day weekend at Rehoboth Beach, but I'm not, you know, I don't have a son who has uh, been the family bag man for the entirety of my career hammering uh, checks from companies that he's no way qualified to work for because of my position. That would be a pretty sweet deal, though. But Joe's out riding his bike, and why they decided that this was the weekend to take the training wheels off, I'll never understand. But they decided this was... He, he wears a helmet. Let me just... I guess he's... I, an argument could be made trying to be fair to this senile fool. An argument could be made that he's trying to set an example for the young children out there that, oh boy, howdy, you're, when you ride your bike, you're supposed to wear a helmet and so on. And Yeah, you are if you're five years old and just learning how to ride a bike. If you're 10 years old and, and don't understand the concept of physics, that what happens when two solids meet and you're also not super great at balance. When you're almost 80 and you're president of the United States and no one can get within a country mile of you unless you initiate it because of the Secret Service, the only reason to wear a helmet is just in case you go ass over tea kettle, right? Isn't that it? In case you maybe take your bicycle pump and stuck it through your, your own front uh, forks. That's the only reason to wear a helmet when you're Joe Biden riding a bike. And let, maybe Jill, maybe he's afraid Jill's going to cut him off. Because she's out there. Now, she's wearing a helmet, too. And she's wearing a helmet the way you'd expect somebody with you know, Dr. Jill Biden's intelligence to wear a helmet. It is askew. It's barely on it. It's not going to, it's going to do more harm than good. It actually runs risk of falling off of her and choking her more so than it does protecting whatever gray matter she may or may not have between her ears. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Joe comes riding up to some reporters. There's a gaggle of reporters like, uh, I don't know. I'd imagine it's like what uh, Beatlemania was like. These reporters, when they get to see Joe Biden, oh, they hated Donald Trump. Donald Trump would have sat. Donald Trump would have never gotten around to riding the bike. He would have sat there and talked to the reporters forever. Joe Biden comes rolling up for a quick thirty-second, uh, I don't know, uh, gratification session, like uh, Stuart Smalley staring into a mirror, except he doesn't have to say, I'm good enough, smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. The the gathered press will happily do that for him. And he comes up and he takes his foot, his left foot out, and he puts it down, and he's fine. Now, for a normal human being and a normal adult human being, that's more than enough to be able to balance you. You know, a, a tripod is very stable. So you got the two wheels and the left foot. For some reason, Joe Biden 
I don't know if he was trying to take his right foot out of the stir- their stirrups. They're not clips. And that's what I've seen it described as his foot got caught in clips. If you look, they are stirrups. They are toe stirrups on his, uh, his bicycle. Why? I don't know. They're for competitive bikers that, and uh, they're not necessary for the average. Joe, Joe ain't setting any land speed records out there. But uh, he also strikes me as the kind of guy who would dress up like Lance Armstrong and then walk their bike up a hill. You know, like okay, you, everybody knows those people. You dress up like Lance Armstrong. You got all the gear. You even got the little beanie hat thing. And oh man, you look like you know what you're doing. And then you get out there, and all you do is slow traffic down, like unbelievably. That's all. It's it's like you set out to do it. Like you you got the yellow jersey, unless it was white, and you you lost. You're incontinent. Um, there's no. You don't deserve a yellow jersey. They should not sell that color to other people. Anyway. Neither here nor there. Joe Biden can't get his foot out of the stirrup. Why, I don't know. Why he needed it, it was unnecessary. And he just goes straight over on his right side. Oh, and all these reporters. And the Secret Service runs. I wonder how many times the Secret Service has had to run to pick up Joe Biden. Like I said, it was described as he got his foot caught in the, he couldn't get it out of the, uh, the snaps there. The snaps are what professional ride, what really good riders. My buddy Jeff um, rides bikes constantly, has really expensive bikes, and he, he can ride 100 miles. That's the kind of, you can ride faster than a car. That's the kind of people that need the uh, the snaps. Because this was described to me once, and I realized I was never going to be a competitive cyclist because I just don't care enough to, to teach myself, to train myself. To do this, I'll be a casual peddler. Because Jeff told me once that you, you push, everybody pushes on the down pedal. But the snaps there are so you can also pull on the up. So you can constantly, like if you're really in a sprint, you're pulling and pushing simultaneously. I don't, he could have been lying to me, I don't know. But that was the story I got. And that dude's got uh, thighs like people aspire to. So I, I imagine... He knows what he's talking about. So Joe goes right over, falls down, and everybody's, oh, no, the president, the president, the president. He's, he's propped back up and goes about his business. And never forget, he, he got confused. That's the only way to put it. He got confused and tried to take his other foot out and leaned that way before he got it out the process is pretty simple you take your one foot out put it down and you're, then you're fine you don't have to do anything with your other foot that's what joe did but if you want to stand there then you take your other foot out you don't really take them out simultaneously you can if you know what you're doing joe isn't that coordinated it never was but he instead leaned it's like taking a step with your body without moving your leg to take that step first but we're told he's perfectly fine. It's perfectly normal. In fact, CNN's John Harwood. This was, I believe it was before Joe Biden, just typical Biden. I believe this, he said, uh, John Harwood said this on CNN before Joe Biden fell over. <laughs> I think he fell over Sunday. It could have been Monday, Saturday. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. But it'd be even funnier if it was for sure before Joe Biden fell over. Because John Harwood is, 
he's just a bad person. He left his wife and started messing around with the United States senator back in the early 2000s, Maria Cantwell, very wealthy former Microsoft executive. And then when the story was discovered by the press, people he'd worked in the he was working in the press when the story was discovered he allegedly cried or this is according to the new york post he cried to reporter the reporter that was going to report it begging them not to report it because he didn't want his family to know that he was out there messing around like such a detestable creature such don't do something you're embarrassed of don't do something you're ashamed of and then you don't have to worry about somebody reporting on it but anyway john harwood was on cnn preemptively and desperately and you can tell that uh, there have been some reports in uh, even the new york times now saying that some democrats are thinking joe biden shouldn't run for president again because he's too old he's not there the the fringy idea that joe biden has lost a step is now going mainstream leftist because leftists recognize that not only is joe biden senile but he's wildly unpopular So even if he weren't senile, they still don't want him to run again because he's so wildly unpopular. But they're using the senility as an opportunity to say, well, this is why you shouldn't run, Joe. Not anything to do with your senility. They don't want to admit that he's senile. So John Harwood takes on the senility claim and it's rather hilarious if you could just imagine in your mind Joe, the video of Joe Biden falling off his bike as John Harwood talks about this. Without taking a stand on whether he's too old to run for re-election, let me just uh, run through what's true, what's false, and what gets conflated. What is true is the presidency is a hugely taxing job mentally and physically, and Joe Biden is old. Uh, He doesn't talk or walk as smoothly as he once did. Uh, That uh, uh, suggests challenges. And when you get into your 80s, which he's about to do, the risk of health problems uh, grows with every year. On the other hand, what's false is that he is not capable of doing the job right now or he's not mentally um, in tune with the demands of the job. Anybody, any aide who engages with him or reporters, we can see this. The gears of his mind are working. Uh, that is, uh, that's an issue uh, pushed by uh, uh, right-wing media, but it's not correct. It's pushed by right-wing media, but it's not correct. The gears are working. It's a body that's not as he falls over to his right. <laughs> yeah, how desperate do you have to be to defend this guy to sit there and say, no, 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 you can see the gears are working. John Harwood hasn't been within a country mile of Joe Biden. He hasn't been in the same zip. No reporter, except for one reporter from, uh, I think it was Reuters. Reuters or the AP, where they had to clean up the the transcript. They didn't release the audio. They cleaned up the transcript of the interview with Joe Biden to the point that it's unrecognizable. It's, It's like, there's no way this is Joe Biden. But okay, whatever. They had to do that's the only reporter who gets anywhere near Joe Biden, but you can see the gears working. Last time Joe Biden was anywhere near a reporter, it was when he was going to the beach on uh, Friday, and he's standing there trying to answer a question, not doing a particularly good job because he's not remembering the details. And uh, then he goes, or Jill comes up and says, We got to go. We got to go. Oh. In the middle of his thought, 
well, in the middle of his speaking, and he walks away, and that was it. I'm not sure how the uh, the wheels are turning, the gears are turning there, John Harwood, but it sounds to me like the hamster in the wheel that is trying to function what passes for a brain for Joe Biden maybe has a broken leg. You might want to look into that. But it was just, it could not have been more fortuitous timing, better timing, than to watch a liberal hack in the media try to defend Joe Biden's mental capacity. On the same weekend, he falls over because he can't remember which foot is already on the ground and he thinks he needs the other foot down on the ground. I haven't seen the video of Joe Biden going to get ice cream yet. Maybe he hasn't gone to get ice cream, but him face planting into a pile of vanilla soft serve custard would be the only way you could top any of this. <laughs> Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. But don't worry, John Harwood says he's fine. You can you can see the uh, the gears in his head working. No, the problem is a normal functioning human being, you don't see them thinking they just think. You don't have to sit there and maybe try to come up with every single word you're doing as you're staring up, as your eyes go up and your eyelids flutter. That's uh, that's somebody BSing you? Or that's somebody who's uh, maybe a, a couple apples short of a bushel? That's what that is. A normal human being just simply talks. Somebody who is not suffering from dementia can spit out a coherent sentence as they have been doing their entire lives. And again, a normal human being doesn't have to ride a tricycle to not wipe out. People wipe out on their bikes. They do. I've wiped out on my bike a lot. I've got I've got a really weird divot on my shin on my left leg that uh, it's tiny now. You can barely see it, but it was really weird. I don't still have no idea what the hell caused it when I wiped out, but I've wiped out plenty. But you pop back up as a kid. You pop back up as a human being. You just do. It's, you know, the old Chumbawamba song. I get knocked down, but I get up again. Well, Joe pathetically kind of sat there like a turtle for a second while these uh, people, whoever they were, reporters and residents, and uh, they had to be uh, kind of... I don't know if you get that close to the president even riding a bike without the Secret Service kind of eyeballing you. Because if you're if you're within like 20 feet of where the president's riding a bike and you've got a, a weapon, you could still, you could maybe shoot the president. So I don't think the Secret Service allows that without screening. Plus my experience of going to Rehoboth and talking to people about what it's like to have Joe there, they all make it seem like they're... Uh, open to a colonoscopy at any moment should Joe come around because the Secret Service comes in. And here's one of the things you got to remember about the president, because Barack Obama was uh, a master at this deception. All presidents are to a certain extent. But Barack Obama occasionally would go out and say, oh, I'm going to go to five guys over in northern Virginia, in Arlington, and I'm going to pick up some burgers. Anybody want burgers? Now there's hundreds and hundreds of people who work in the White House. Clearly, the president isn't going around taking orders. He would never get out of there. Everybody would, there'd be such a gigantic order, he'd, he'd never be able to get it out of there. So it was staged at the White House that they're like, oh, he's going to go get it. And like three people say, sure, I'll have it. And everybody else goes, no. The president asks you, you want a burger and some fries. You're getting a burger and fries. I don't care if you're a vegetarian. 
So he went over there and they made it sound like, oh, he unexpectedly showed up. And there's a crowd of people in there and they go, oh, wow, this, he's here, he's here, he's here. The president doesn't get to act that way. Not like that. Everybody in that store was screened. Everybody in that store was frisked. Everybody in that store was approved by the Secret Service. Everybody who was working that day, the same thing happened to them. And I guarantee you that there was a Secret Service agent in that Five Guys location since the store opened that morning, making sure that nobody was setting aside a special burger to poison the president of the united states they wouldn't be doing their job if they didn't do that but it goes off as oh he just decided to go over there and what are you gonna do yeah that's what they want you to think it's it's a part of manipulation to make you think oh the president he's just a normal guy like everybody else no he's not he's not for good reason there are a lot of crazy people out there so this whole thing was was seemingly planned and even still or at least thought of as a possibility and even still joe biden wiped out pathetic um over the weekend for uh it wasn't really for father's day just we uh went and saw top gun top gun i guess i should say top gun maverick you can watch top gun on your tv at any time it's a pretty good movie it um it hit all the right nostalgia points without being super sappy or anything like that but uh it, it made millions of dollars it was at 10, 10 o'clock, 10, 10 showing, whatever, whatever it was. We went to Regal Cinemas, and I think it was a Regal Cinema. And my God, it, it started late because they're showing so many commercials. Like they were even 10 minutes late for the, uh, the 10 o'clock or 10, 10 start time. And then there were a bunch of commercials before they even got to the um, previews which I, I don't mind the previews, although the previews associated with this showing, since it's old, kind of sucked. But uh, you're watching these commercials, which are running constantly, and then they dim the lights, and they're showing even more commercials. And it is just beating you over the head. Oh, it's celebrate diversity. It's Diversity Film Month. And let's watch Like, all right, just shut up, okay? I'm, you come to the movies for escape. For escape. It's Pride Month. Oh, it's Pride Month. Who cares? All right. I don't care that it's Pride Month. Okay. Not that I don't have any pride. It's that I don't place my pride in my my sexuality. You know, there's more important things in life than that. Celebrate me for who I have sex with. No, not going to do it. But it was all this garbage, all this PC crap that's just beating you over the head because that's what the left does with everything. With everything, they have to take it to the nth degree. And so that was uh, something we talked about the other day with Lightyear movie. And Lightyear opened up, and you're going, ooh, Lightyear, Buzz Lightyear. Oh, that's going to be, you know, it's Pixar. You can't lose with Pixar. You can't miss with Pixar. Pixar has been gold forever for Disney. But ever since that garbage came out, with uh, oh, light, uh, uh, the Disney call after Florida. After Florida said, "Hey, don't uh, don't talk to kindergarten through third graders about sex, all right, at all, any kind of sex." And the Democrats said, "Oh, it's called don't say gay." You don't want people talking. No, I don't. I don't want somebody talking to my kids about gay sex. I don't want somebody talking to my kids about straight sex. I don't want somebody talking to my kids about sex at all. 
You want to label that homophobia. It says more about you and your bizarre compulsion to talk to young children about sex and it does anything about me. But the uh, the Disney phone call, the video Zoom call that was uh, exposed by uh, Chris Rufo, who's been, you know, all over the critical race theory and this you know, grooming in schools. It showed there were many people who work at Disney and at Pixar going, oh, I make, I shove gay stuff into everything I can. We're putting gay into everything. Why? Does it, you know, if you make a movie, every scene is supposed to advance the plot. And if it doesn't, it doesn't matter how good it is, you cut it. Because the, mo- the point of a movie is to advance the plot. That's how the structure of a movie works. And you, you watch, I remember when DVDs first came out. I had a bunch of, not a bunch, I had like 10 DVDs that I'd bought used before I even had a DVD player. DVD players were expensive, but used DVDs were were pretty cheap. And uh, you'd see the deleted scenes. You could watch it on a computer. You'd see the deleted scenes. And you go, that scene is awesome. Why wasn't it in there? And you're like, well, what it did, how it served the plot was served in another way elsewhere in the movie. So this scene became redundant and they cut it. And you're sitting there, you're going... Okay, well, I mean, I get, and the movie's great the way it is, just I would like to have seen that scene. And that's just the way movie making works. You don't, I said, unless you're Quentin Tarantino, where nobody can tell him anything, and he makes a movie that's five hours long, and you go, well, do we really need a half an hour of Brad Pitt driving? We don't. But you, uh, you watch these movies, and you go, there's a lot of good stuff that they had to cut out because it didn't advance the plot. Well, <clears throat> Disney was exposed to saying, well, we're going to put all that stuff in the, uh, in the movie. We're going to hammer, hammer in gay characters, gay situations, whatever. And you're like, okay, why? Why? Because they can. That was the only answer you got. And Lightyear is one movie that they did that for. There is a lesbian kiss in it. Now, Lightyear's geared towards young kids who are obsessed with Buzz Lightyear. Turns out not that many of them are. I always found that Woody was a more compelling character, and my kids care more about Woody than they do Buzz Lightyear. We, I knew it was not going to be as good as they thought it was going to be for Disney. When we watched this, uh, there was a, kids were looking for something to watch. It was too late or almost too late. So there's like this 20-minute documentary on Buzz Lightyear. The character, the toy, and and it was a pimp for the movie. But I thought, well, this will keep them quiet. And about five minutes in, they got bored. They didn't want to watch it anymore. And if it had been about Woody, they would have been all into it. But then you get what Chris Evans said in the audio I played for you. I want to play it for you again. Because Chris Evans plays Buzz Lightyear. My wife uh, was mad that they replaced Tim Allen with with Chris Evans. They didn't really do that. The movie is set, if you can't believe I'm having to explain this, but the movie is set before the first Toy Story movie. The movie is what inspired the toy that would that Andy was super excited about getting in the first movie. So that's why it's not, they didn't replace... Tim Allen. Tim Allen, that's the voice of Buzz Lightyear, the toy, not the voice of Buzz Lightyear, the character in this movie that was inspired. It's 
probably too complicated for kids to understand, which most likely didn't help. But what kids don't get to decide whether or not they go to the movies. Parents decide whether or not kids go to the movies. And when you're insulting half the country in a really condescending way, like I told you, I'm not, I don't, I couldn't care less about the lesbian kiss, unless it's like the whole point of the movie. And you want to sneak that in there. It's stupid. It's dumb. I doubt my kids would have even noticed. I'm not sure they could pay attention to a whole movie at, at, in one sitting anyway. But I doubt most kids would have noticed. But when Chris Evans then says, for the people who do notice, that they're idiots, you lost me. I'm not interested in your movie at all. I'm just, I'm just not. If you want to go down and drag the culture war crap into your kid's movie, good luck to you. Like I said the other day, I don't think Chris Evans had points on the back end of this movie. And if he did, he just screwed himself out of it. He screwed himself out of probably, like, I'm not sure if I'm a producer, I'm going to put Chris Evans in a movie because there's a good chance he's going to be a jerk in the press junket and say something that alienates half the country and, uh, you know, ruins your box office. So this is what Chris Evans said. Do something about representation or diversity or whatever you... Sure. There's always pushback. Um, I mean, what would you... I mean, how would you counter that, I suppose? Well, I mean, the real truth is those people are idiots. I mean, I think throughout history, you can see every time there's been social advancement as we wake up. I mean, the, the, the American story, the human story, is, is one of constant social awakening and growth. And that's, that's, what, that's what makes us good. And, and, you know, when that happens, there's always going to be people who are uh, afraid and uh, uh, unaware and, and trying to hold on to what was before. But those people die off like dinosaurs. And so, you know, I think the, the goal is to pay them no mind, march forward and, and, and embrace the growth that makes us human. Yeah, those people are idiots. And they die off like dinosaurs. Right as a movie that parents need to take their kids to opens. And guess what? Parents didn't take their kids to it. <laughs> Probably in no small part because of that. Because why would you give money to somebody who is sitting there calling you an idiot? If you have a problem with the sexual... Look, if Buzz Lightyear... Well, there was nothing, there was no gay kiss in there at all, but boy, howdy, Buzz was getting it on with every. I would still wouldn't want to take my kids to it. Has nothing to do with the sexual orientation. It has to do with the sex. But okay, you got it in there, fine. I guess we'll go. Nope, you just called everybody, half the country, idiots. You know what? I'm out. And it's funny to track. There's a, a website, deadline.com. It's Deadline Hollywood. It was. I think it was founded by Nikki Fink, who then got ousted. Ousted. Uh, she's a gossip reporter out in Hollywood. She, she, uh, she's one of those people that if you're working in Hollywood and you get a call that says Nikki Fink is on the line, you you get a little worried. She knows all this stuff. Well, the, it's funny to look back at the past headlines about how Lightyear was going to do in the projections. It's weird, but movie success is largely determined by expectations and whether or not they were met or not exceeded or not so before the movie came out oh uh light your review chris evans is the voice of the biggest spaciest hero in the toy story universe they really suck up to everybody out there now that nikki fink is gone so 
Lightyear to blast off with $135 million worldwide as summer box office rebound continues. It was going to lead the whole... And then... Oh, no, wait a second. The next headline. Dinosaurs toss Lightyear out of orbit at weekend box office as Jurassic World Dominion feasts on $68 million four-day uh, up the four day weekend. Like, wait, what? What happened? How did that happen? <laughs> then the latest headline, Lightyear lacks luster with 86 million worldwide box office. 86 million. Now, the projection was 135 million. That is a massive miss. A massive miss for something that if you just looked at it on paper, you go, okay, another Toy Story. Well, there's a Toy Story sort of prequel. It's the Toy Story universe. Kids love Toy Story. Boy, howdy. They can't. Yeah. No. It's because when you insult half the audience, no matter how much you pander, how hard you pander to the other side, if you alienate half the country, you will not succeed. You can't. <laughs> It's just impossible. But they don't seem to understand this or they don't care. I bet you Pixar cares. I bet you Disney cares. Chris Evans doesn't care. Because like I said, he got a big fat check for appearing in the movie. It's one of those movies where they probably wrote him quite a bit. And it's not like anybody goes to an animated movie because of the voice talents of somebody. It's like, oh, oh, wait, you can sit there and listen. Maybe, maybe uh, what's his face? Uh, Morgan Freeman, who should narrate everything, and James Earl Jones. Those are the only two dudes that I'd sit there and, and pay good money just to listen to their voice. Otherwise, I want to see actors act. Chris Evans isn't really a recognizable voice. If you sit there, you'd go, who is that dude? I know that voice from somewhere. And you go, oh, it's, it's Captain America. Those are the only movies that he's ever made that were worth a damn. And now he's done with Captain America, and he's kind of struggling to find an audience that gives a damn about it. Meanwhile, what is he doing? He's insulting half the audience. I wouldn't expect half the country to flock to see a movie starring some conservative about how awesome, it, you know, the Daily Wire put out a movie this weekend. I think it was this weekend about, um, it's like, it's called Terror on the Prairie or something like that. I haven't watched it. I'm not a member. I don't, I didn't join the Daily Wire. Um, Westerns just don't interest me. They just don't. And if I'm being honest, and this will cause me to catch some hell, but got to be honest, Gina Carano can't act. She can't act. So like a shootout on the prairie, I'm already not interested. And then uh, a lead actress, not a particularly good actress. I'm not interested in the movie. But I wouldn't expect the Huffington Post crowd to review it at all, to acknowledge that it exists, or to sign up and join the Daily Wire to watch it. They just wouldn't. Now, it's is it because of politics? Of course it is. Now, did any of those stars of the movie, in the limited press that they were able to do for the movie, go out and say, good Lord, everybody on the left is a moron? Actually, kind of some of them have. <laughs> Nick Searcy's a great follow on Twitter. I like Nick Searcy. But, you know, if you're going to try and market a, a movie to the whole country, you probably are, and you're going to, in a world where you're sitting here saying, well, Chris Evans is a moron for saying what he said, you got to say that Nick Searcy, while I believe he is correct, probably not the best 
ambassador for your movie. That being said, that was a top streamer over the course of the weekend, whereas Lightyear got just over half of what they expected it to. Can Lightyear rebound? I doubt it. I doubt it. It's already missed the button. Plus, it's got the new Minions movie coming out soon. So that one I will take the kids to see because they love the Minions a hell of a lot more than they love Buzz Lightyear. But I just love seeing the karma come back and bite these people right in the butt. This is what you get when you insult half the audience. Hollywood doesn't seem to understand that or they don't seem to care. Maybe a huge miss from Pixar, which used to be, you know, tap in putt gold. Maybe that'll make a difference. I doubt it, but maybe. I tell you, though, if you do want to go to the movies, you should go check out uh, Top Gun Maverick. It, it wasn't, it was great, great in that sense, but it was, it was like a great movie that'll stand the test of time. Probably not, but it's very, very good. And the uh, area, uh, aerial flying and cinematography is amazing. And you recognize and you realize that it's not computer generated. They're not making it up. It's not, it doesn't look at all like a video game. It, it is real. And the actors, actually, when they're pulling, like, five, six Gs and their faces are all contorted. And you, you can't really, can't make that look real with special effects, with a computer. You can make it look different. You can make it look weird. You can, But it, it looks real. I mean, it's a, it's a fine, it's weird. I want to know why... Uh, Without giving anything away, although I think uh, a lot of people have seen it at this point. I don't know why Maverick's living in an airplane hangar. How the hell is he living in an air... He's still a captain, and he's living in an airplane hangar, which I would think would be kind of pricey. Granted, it's out in the desert, so maybe there's not a lot of demand. But it's... uh, He's also got an old World War II plane that's like in mint condition, that he's wrenching on all the time that costs a couple million dollars. And you're like, how can, how can he, how can he afford that? I mean, I guess he's saving if he, if the uh, airplane hangar is uh, abandoned or whatever, but he's got electricity. I just, there were some questions I wanted answered. Otherwise, plus I, I kept on thinking, is the house that, uh, what's her face? Um, Jennifer Connelly lives in. Is that the same house? that uh, Kelly McGillis lived in in the first one. It's been a long time since I saw the first one. But otherwise, it's a fine movie. It's just, you sit there and you go, eh. A lot of the pilots were jerks, but it all worked out in the end. In many ways, it was the same movie as before, just updated with a little bit different dynamic. But the, And Val Kilmer was excellent in it in the, the limited role that he was in. I highly recommend it. Way better than anything Chris Evans is doing. That's for damn sure. And you are not walking away being insulted by the stars. If you, uh, if you have a normal office job, you probably have today off. And if you are paranoid about your uh, retirement, your 401k or whatever, your IRA, you can take a breath for today, unless, of course, you, you're heavily invested in crypto, then, then you, you can't ever take a break. But it's uh, the, I guess the, what do you do? It's the observance of Juneteenth, uh, the newest holiday that Joe Biden created last year. Uh, and this story out of Washington, D.C., is, it's disturbing because a 15-year-old got killed. But it also is... Um, 
a reminder of why you can't be lenient, why laws matter and why they have to matter. And if they don't matter, then, well, the unequal, unequal application of the law is wrong in this country. Anyway, uh, Washington Post. Teen killed, D.C. officer shot after concert linked to Juneteenth celebration. A teenage boy was killed and a D.C. police officer and two others were shot Sunday night in northwest Washington after a concert, police said. The teenager is 15 years old, D.C. Police Chief Robert Conti III said in a news brief near 14th and U Street, northwest where the gunfire broke out around 8.30 p.m. The officer was struck in the leg. Police said the other two people were shot and treated at hospitals. What led to the gunfire is not immediately clear. Now, this was a, uh, well, that explains it here. Based on accounts, the initial, uh, the incident followed a concert linked to the district's Juneteenth celebration. The concert was advertised under the name of Mucella, a name given to concerts held a few years ago to protest the perceived suppression of go-go music in particular and black culture in general. First of all, <clears throat> sorry, go-go music sucks. Secondly, um, D.C. is a majority black city. Who is oppressing anybody there? You can't go around D.C. without murals and whatever. Paint it. Give me a break. But what's amazing to me isn't the fact that there was some festival. Have all, There's a lot of festivals everywhere, and they're usually a lot of fun. It's that this one was somehow unlicensed. Unlicensed. No permit was pulled, nothing. How in the hell can you have a, and if you see the footage of it, the uh, intersection there at 14th and U, pretty big crowds there. They set up a stage. They have live music. There's electricity. There is a, you would not have known that this was not licensed, that no permits were pulled. The city, one city agency, I believe, co-sponsored the event. So you can't say, while it was unlicensed, there was no permit, it was certainly sanctioned by the government. Now, how in the hell can you have, now, if you tried, anybody else tried it, if, you know, God forbid, a Republican Party tried to do a a 20-person speech on the mall, on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, they would be arrested immediately if they didn't have a permit. They'd be arrested immediately if they didn't have a permit. It would never be. It would never even get to that point. Somebody drags out a generator and a podium, and then go. Wait a second. What are you doing? Before they'd even start. Before they'd even plug it in. This passive treating people differently based on the color of their skin is something I thought we were past. But this passive, permissive tolerance, if you will, of law breaking because of somebody's color of their skin is the same thing you're seeing in schools all across the country where they're going, well, you got to have separate grading systems. You can't actually don't grade home. You can't expect some people to do homework. And a continual lowering of expectations, lowering of expectations. George W. Bush called it rightly the soft bigotry of low expectations. But we're well past that. This is just straight up hard bigotry. This is straight up bigotry. You go, well, you can't. You can't expect black students to do well in school, so we need to lower the the unit of measure for success. Oh, no, no. You couldn't expect um, black organizers to pull a permit, so let's just uh, 
look the other way. How come the profits are real? Why isn't the permit real? Are taxes being paid on those profits? Who the hell knows? If the government isn't aware of it, you know, how much is corporate sponsorship getting? How much? How is the city, a city agency, sponsoring an event for which there's no paper trail with the city? That seem a little bit weird to you? But you have this situation with the left constantly. Tell you, Democrats have not changed their objectives. They have only changed their tactics. Their tactics have always been power and bigotry. They use bigotry now as a weapon. They created bigotry in the first place. It seemed to me, and maybe I was naive, maybe I just fell off a turnip truck, but it seemed to me before the left decided to double down and go back into this race garbage again, that it was a much better country where people weren't obsessed about those things, where you could, as the Reverend Martin Luther King put it, judge somebody on the content of their character and not the color of their skin. Now it is the exact opposite. The left is sanctioning different high school dances based on skin color, different graduations based on skin color and sexual orientation. They're lavender, as they call them, lavender graduations for gay students across the country. Lavender. Oh, no. Why? Because getting your degree handed to you, actually just the case for your degree, they'll mail it to you, handed to you, walking across the stage with straight students. Well, that's just wrong. You couldn't possibly enjoy it that much without some Donna Summer blasting through the speakers or whatever. I don't know what the end game is here for Democrats. I don't think they do either. If they do end up seizing ultimate power in this country, all they will have done while getting ultimate power would be to have created a country where nobody is allowed to like each other. Nobody's allowed to like each other. That's the rules that they're setting up. You're not allowed to like them. If you're not Chinese, you're not allowed to like Chinese food. You, uh, I went to a Harris, or not a Harris Teeter, a, uh, what do you call it, uh, Wegmans the other day. Bought some sushi. And I noticed that in the background that they have a whole Asian food section of a bunch of people making Asian food and setting it out there to... And at least one of the people making the sushi was not Asian. He was a white woman. Now, I don't know. Maybe she gets a pass because she's oppressed because she's a woman. But when you've got universities across the country stopping various ethnic foods, ethnic food days in their cafeterias, in their dormitories, because students have complained that the uh, Mexican food was not made by Mexicans or that the Chinese food was not made by people from China and that's really happened and I don't know how this I'm not going to say which Wegmans and what day and because I don't want to cause a riot over there and maybe get somebody fired but this is pathetic so you just sanction and what's amazing to me is this story of the Juneteenth free concert in the middle of a busy intersection The story isn't that it is unpermitted. The story isn't that it's unpermitted. You have to dig around and find a couple of stories and dig in and find, oh, wait, this was unpermitted. Police were there providing some semblance of security, I assume. You can't block off a major intersection without somebody knowing about it. But you can get away with it if 
you are um, a city controlled by Democrats and you are of a group of political mindset. I guarantee you if a black conservative group had tried to do this, there's no way in hell this would have gone on. If you are the mindset of the ruling class, you'll be fine. You'll be absolute until the gunplay and then then things go bad. But it's organized. It is organized, and I love the suppression of go-go music, and in particular, in particular, and black culture in general. Drive around Washington, D.C. if you get a chance. Maybe drive through Black Lives Matter Plaza and see how oppressed the culture is. You can only get away with this if you are of the left and you are of the mindset brainwashed into believing that somehow, somehow, some way, there is oppression everywhere. You've been nothing but oppressed. You poor, poor dear. You've been nothing but oppressed. And uh, then you, if you just make the next step and you realize that Democrats have controlled Washington, D.C. for decades, and in particular black Democrats have controlled Washington, D.C. for decades, then maybe you ask the dangerous question, the most dangerous question of all. Who's doing the oppressing? Who's doing the oppressing? Not allowed to ask that question. They don't want you to ask that question. They'll distract you with a shiny object before you get to that question. Because that question, is there Achilles heel? I'm just seeing this. This is, uh, God, this administration is terrible. We've got a literal flood of illegal aliens coming across the southern border from countries where there is no war, there is no oppression. It's just they have... Well, actually, many of them have elected governments like Joe Biden is trying to govern from the left, of the left, for the left. And it's just choking to death the economy. They don't care. And uh, they're all being welcomed with open arms. Oh, come on. Come on in. The water's fine. Oh, I love getting me illegal aliens, Democrats down there saying, don't worry. Take this voter registration form. Don't fill it out. Yeah, we'll fill it out now. But. Uh, hold it. Don't mail it in until uh, we get you amnesty. That's what they want. And then you've got people from Cuba who actually are oppressed by their governments. And this story, New York Post. Dozens of illegal immigrants were sent back to Cuba after being stopped in four vessels off the Florida Keys, U.S. Coast Guard officials said. Boats carrying a total of 45 Cubans were spotted by civilians beginning late Wednesday, about 12 miles south of Boot Key, according to U.S. Coast Guard on Sunday. Uh, Other three rustic vessels carrying more migrants headed to the U.S. were then intercepted by the Coast Guard cutter Charles Sexton's crew on Friday, including one about 17 miles south of Long Key. Look at these boats. They're pretty damned rickety, and you realize these people are desperate to get out of Cuba. What's sad is they are sent back to Cuba where they will likely be imprisoned for daring to try to leave their prison island. Yet Cubans have special place in the law in the United States because of coming from Cuba and because of our country's history with Castro and Castro's history with the Soviet Union. Those laws have not changed. Democrats like to pretend they have, but those laws have not changed. See, they don't like Cubans coming here because Cubans tend to vote for Republicans because Cubans have uh, fled the type of government that Democrats seek to impose here. And when they get to become American citizens and their kids, they hear the stories of the horrors 
that the Democrats are pushing forward and they go, I'm not going to vote for that here. So the left has always, always hated the uh, the Cubans who come over here. So they're sending them back. Now you can make an argument that the people who are coming across the southern border are fleeing oppression, but it's economic oppression. It's economic incompetence, really. I just don't care. Change your government. Change yourselves. You don't get to come in here hundreds of thousands every month, millions every year, unfettered. But if you're a Democrat in charge, you get it, man. You get it. You're welcomed in. It's sick. It's wrong. They're sending back 45 Cubans to prison, essentially, because they vote wrong. Democrats take their odds with the southern border. But you can't can't mention that because that's just wrong. What's another explanation for this? What's another explanation for the open southern border? If you've got a better one, that's not the humanitarian BS argument they're trying to make. I'm all ears. You don't. You just don't. All right, I want to shift gears because, look, if you've filled up your gas tank at any time recently, you recognize that that is a painful process. And it's weird that for some leftists out there, they're just now waking up to what's going on. And being committed to the left means you are committed no matter what. You are, you are a suicide bomber to your politics. You have that belt on, and if somebody tries to take it off of you, you're ready to ignite right away. Like I say, you're committed to the cause. So when something goes wrong, when something goes askew for you, not like it's not according to plan. It's all according to plan. Democrats have been wanting this for a very long time. Hence, there absolutely no pressure, no push, no urgency in stopping high gas prices. The only way that is guaranteed to work, which would be to uh, implement more drilling more and more drilling that would get gas prices down and pretty quickly because the price is based on the futures market. There's no effort to do that. So Democrats are fine with this, but they need to find somebody else to blame anyway. So what are they doing? They sit there and they say, well, those greedy oil companies, they're price gouging, they're price gouging. And they introduce measures in the house of representatives where they have absolute control that they know have no chance in hell of becoming law. They're not going to get through the United States Senate because while the House is full of a bunch of idiots, the Senate is not. Uh, there's a lot of idiots in there, but not a majority of idiots. So it, 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 it allows the House of Representatives, the members over there, to pass stupid bills and say, oh, we've, we're trying to address it. We're trying to stop. We were trying to punish. We want to tax the oil companies. They're, they have record revenues, record revenues because prices are up. Okay, the profits are up a little bit because the current oil that is selling, the gas that is selling, was purchased long ago at a lower price. So, you know, it's based on the futures market that is the the price. But that's all beside the point. Leftists know this. Democrats know this. They just don't give a damn. They want somebody to blame other than their own ineptitude. 
So it boils over every once in a while. The libs of TikTok um, Twitter account is great. I, I never understand. I don't understand anybody who takes to the Internet with a video. They hold their phone up and they go, I need to complain about something or other. I've been wronged and whatever. I'm a victim. I'm a I don't understand it. It's a woke off. It happens all the time. And these people really think that they're doing something good for themselves or the country. And realistically, if I ever came across this woman in a, and I was in a position to hire or I saw someplace I was working where they're like interviewing this woman, as soon as she left, I'd walk in there and say, you know, uh, watch this video. This person's absolutely crazy, insane. You don't want this person in there. Because if you're willing to sit in your car and scream about this and tell the world, I'd imagine that you're probably not a particularly hard worker. If you have your pronouns and your bio, uh, I'd imagine you're probably pretty left-wing and insane. And should the time come that uh, you maybe needed to be relieved of your duties because of incompetence, you'd be the type of person who would sue. And so we just wouldn't hire you at the first place. Now, this angry lib, and you can find this in my, my Twitter feed, She's uh, she's got short blonde hair. She's a pale, pale white woman, liberal. You can tell she's she's mad. She's wearing a big scarf too, which I don't understand. I don't know where she is on in the country. She's wearing a big scarf, but she's wearing it for fashion. I had to bleep this quite a bit, and every bleep you hear is an f bomb. I think there's one where she says God, and I bleeped that too. But um, it was GD, and I know some people are offended by that. Uh, but she is mad at the religious right for gas prices. Now, you, you hear that and you go, how in the hell, what power does, the, if the religious right has this kind of power to raise gas prices without holding any office of significance or majority in the federal government, if they can do that, please, religious right, send me some divine inspiration and maybe a quick pick lottery to hit the lottery, the Powerball or Mega Millions. I'm not going to be picky. And, uh, you know, hook me up if you have that kind of power. Because if you're sitting there going, how in the hell does a religious right? They don't. We don't. We're conservatives in general have no power over gas prices. The Democrats control everything. But the angry dwarf himself, Bill Clinton's former labor secretary, Robert Reich, has been tweeting about, he's been lying to these people. And some people, including this woman, I don't know, she's been not, probably not an albino, but almost looks like it, is so dumb and so mad and so ready to believe and so committed to the leftist cause, she can't possibly accept that her beliefs have anything to do with it. It must be what the angry dwarf is saying. It's a very funny video. It's even it's funny to watch, but it's it's equally as funny to listen to. Ninety-eight dollars. I have to decide between buying gas or buying food. And guess who wins? Because I have to get to the job that I need to buy anything at all. That doesn't pay me enough. And people want to donate a thousand dollars to cats. Ninety-eight damn dollars at Costco to fill up my tank. Ninety-eight dollars. Five fifty a tank. Five fifty a gallon at Costco. Five fifty a gallon at Costco. This is the work of the religious right. Listen to Robert Reich, who clearly, who, who, who gives us all of the evidence 
all of the evidence about how our poverty is a choice that our government made for us. A CEO is not worth 351 times what I get paid. Ever. Fuck you, religious right, who are doing this and have been doing this to us. Fuck you, profiteering companies. Fuck you, billionaires, stealing us, breaking our backs, stealing from us, profiteering off of us. She seems super nice, isn't she? I bet she's a lot of fun at parties. <laughs> so smart. Robert Reich tells you how the religious... Really? What did, what did Franklin Graham do to raise the gas prices? Now, I'd point out this committed leftist, she hates her job, clearly. And, oh, I got to go drive to my job to buy stuff. Yeah, you hate capitalism. She's whining at Costco. Okay, it costs 98 bucks, 550 a gallon. Just doing some quick math. That's uh, she's got a 17.8 gallon tank on whatever vehicle she's driving. That's provided that it was close to empty. Um, maybe it, it, she's got a 25 gallon tank and it was only you know down to a quarter tank or whatever. But I would go ahead and suspect that there aren't too many Toyota Corolla. I don't know, but I don't think there are many Toyota Corollas with around a 20 gallon tank. I don't think she was coasting into the gas station on fumes. I don't think she's very particularly environmentally friendly there. Now, the car she's sitting there recording this video, and you don't get to see much of it, but what you, you do see seems pretty nice. Seems pretty nice. She's whining and complaining and pissing and moaning about the price of gas and blaming people who have, and there is no way to, for them to have anything to do with the price of gas. You wonder when I say that the left tries to keep people in an emotional state because you don't think clearly, you don't think rationally. This is what I'm talking about. Now, granted, this woman might not be capable of thinking rationally, but this is the emotional state that makes not particularly bright people even dumber than usual. The religious right, because Robert Reich told me, my God, you sit there and you you see this stuff and you go, Republicans have a really, really... steep mountain to climb to overcome this because there's a lot of really stupid people out there thanks public education system okay there's some audio i want to get to before uh, (laughs) the show ends the vice president of the united states you think well joe biden is an idiot of course everybody knows that he's also senile on top of it so we know that but then you sit there and you go what do we get if we get rid of him we get Kamala Harris, the person who's in charge of the southern border. She's in charge. Well, I'm sorry. She's in charge of root causes. Root cause. She has failed at every. It's amazing to me how leftists fail up. They just fail up r- relentlessly up. Kamala Harris is in charge of the southern. Every month there's a new record of illegal aliens marching across the southern border. She wasn't supposed to succeed. She wasn't supposed to succeed in her attempt to uh, do anything with um, the southern border. She just wasn't. They they don't care. Democrats don't care about these sorts of things. So they uh, it's, it's not news. It's not important that she didn't fail. She was supposed to be down there to pretend to give a damn. By the way, there's an update. Remember the uh, the Border Patrol agents on horseback 
who the president and everybody, they all just lied about them. They're whipping people. They're whipping people. Uh, what's your face? Maxine Waters said, this is worse than what they did in slavery. Oh, and of course, they weren't whipping anybody. Nobody was actually hit by this thing. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Truth doesn't matter. The uh, facts were known almost immediately to the non-stupid. And even the major networks said they weren't whipping anybody. They weren't whipping anybody. An investigation discovered, shockingly, that they weren't whipping anybody. But because our senile old fart of a president had pronounced them to be whipping things, and boy, he said, they're going to they're gonna pay. They're going to pay. Don't worry. He declared them guilty. The Department of Homeland Security is going to find a way to punish them. I'm not even kidding. Fox News reports, the Department of Homeland Security is preparing to discipline multiple horseback border agents involved in the infamous whipping incident of Haitian migrants at the U.S.-Mexico border back in September. A federal source told Fox News an announcement on the matter is expected within the coming days. The source said that DHS will be putting forth proposals to discipline the agents who will have a chance to respond to the charges. The charges, Fox News is told, are administrative violations and do not amount to criminal conduct, of which the agents were previously cleared. So they didn't do anything wrong, but now they're going to be professionally punished for the crime of not having committed a crime while the President of the United States denounced them. Yeah, this president is is really, if there's a better word than evil that is uh, family-friendly, I'm opening to hear it. But th- this is who these people are. So you got Kamala Harris. She's in charge of the southern border. She has no, she doesn't care. She went down near there once. She hasn't done a damn thing since then. And she won't do a damn thing at all. She recognizes that what, needs to be done is not something that the uh, Democrat establishment will tolerate. She wants to somehow still remain politically viable. If she went down there and stopped the flow of illegal aliens from crushing the southern border, she would not be given a tenured position at some university, a no-show job. She would not be invited on corporate boards. She would not have the cush life that she dreamed of way back in the days of her being Willie Brown's side piece. Oh, yeah. What did you say? Yeah, no, she was. That's how she got her start. And uh, since we're talking about her on her knees, I didn't know that she was religious. I've honestly, not that I've sought out listening to Kamala Harris talk about anything. I find it pretty grating, actually. It's, It's horrible on the ears. But... She, uh, <laughs> on the tarmac the other day, talking about abortion, because at some point this week, it should be this week, it could be all the way to like the first week of July. It, it, the Supreme Court works on its own time. But at some point this week, they're expecting the Supreme Court decision on abortion. So Kamala Harris, who's never had kids, She's uh, she's been through the change, so she's not going to have kids. Um, maybe maybe she practiced responsibly. Maybe she didn't. Maybe she's who knows? Who knows? It's her own business. But uh, she's out there talking about how abortion shouldn't be a big deal, and it should not be an issue for people of faith. 
It shouldn't be because of bodily autonomy. Now, as you hear her, try not to laugh and drive off the road. But as you hear her, remember what this administration has done when it comes to vaccine mandates. Just remember what this administration has done when it comes to vaccine mandates and the things they attempted to do to get people fired, to forbid travel from people, to forbid Americans from doing all sorts and all manner of things because they wouldn't get to jab. And tell me how much she loves bodily autonomy. But then again, ask yourself, have you ever heard Kamala Harris talk about her religious beliefs ever? I, I have not. Here she is, laughably. So we're going to see. I've, I've been convening, I've convened faith leaders. And, you know, for, for those of us of faith, I think that we, we agree, many of us, that there's nothing about this issue that will require anyone to abandon their faith or change their faith. It's simply saying that the government should not have the ability to decide what an individual does with her own body. Unless the government is telling them to get the shot. Then shut up and obey. But if you want to have an... Who are these faith leaders? I love how she says she's convened faith... Why is the vice president convening faith leaders to talk about abortion at all? What Was she appointed abortions are by Joe Biden? Well, you've done such a bang-up job on the southern border. I want to put you in charge of abortion, too. Maybe. Maybe it's... Um, now, I don't want to assume that she has first-hand experience just because she's like 56 years old and childless. I don't, I don't want to assume that. But, you know, you could. You could. But who are these faith leaders? Well, I talked to the Reverend Al Sharpton the other day, and it turns out that he is very much pro He believes that a woman has a right to choose, that God makes screw-ups all the time, and that, uh, you know, women should be able to correct God's screw-ups. Hmm? That seems a little bit uh, weird, but then so does calling Al Sharpton Reverend Al in anything without you know, laughing hysterically. Speaking of laughing hysterically, though, that might be the first time I've heard Kamala Harris speak for 45 consecutive seconds without chuckling or giggling hysterically at something she said that wasn't unfunny. But this is who the left are. They're faith leaders. You want to talk about creating a bubble for yourself. A bubble for yourself. You have to live in the most airtight, I'm talking making Tupperware seal seem like a, like a wide open space. You want to talk about a bubble. You convene faith leaders and none of them, none of them, said anything like, hey, abortion might be a bit of a problem on a religious standpoint. None of them said, well, this shouldn't be an issue at all. What faith leaders are you convening aside from people who get like correspondence certificates so they can perform weddings? And Al Sharpton, whose girlfriend, or maybe girlfriends, I don't know. I don't want to assume that anybody's had an abortion, but I know I'd have to assume that since the Reverend Al was really into super duper late talking like, I don't know, 28th trimester abortions over at Freddy's Fashion Mart, that he'd be down with his girlfriend having one should the situation arise. You don't want to, I mean, you got, you got an ex-wife to support. You got all sorts of financial obligations already. 
Not to mention the tax bill he ain't going to pay. I don't think he wants to be on the hook for 18 years of child support. Lovely faith leaders you surround yourself with there, Kamala. Okay, so we had the vice president talking about her her religious expertise and her uh, beliefs about abortion, allegedly. I, I believe she believes that about abortion. I don't believe for a second she's religious in any way, shape, or form. Now we go to Van Jones. Van Jones. Every once in a while, Van Jones says something that is just true. And I always get a little worried that maybe, just maybe, Democrats will listen. Because I think, God, if he's if he's right, if they listen to him, it'll be a problem for Republicans. Then I realize, oh, wait, Democrats don't actually, they're, they're not rational enough to listen to anybody, honestly, to tell you the truth. So it's it's not a real concern. Then, by the way, anytime you see Van Jones spewing some universal truth, what happens is the left on the the video comment on the Twitter, go, oh, Van Jones, sell out Van Jones. This, Van, Van Jones is only trying to suck up to this, that, and the other thing, and blah, blah, blah. And they just attack Van Jones because the same way they attack anybody who dared challenge what is going on and what went on. So Van Jones points out the Democratic Party is not um, not your father's Democrat Party anymore. Let's just put it that way. And he points out some of the reasons why and some of the absurdities behind what these leftists are spewing and why it alienates normal human beings. Becoming a party of the very high and the very low. Uh, if, if you pull out the working class, you've got people who are very well educated and very well off. Those people talk funny. Latinx, I've never met a Latinx. I've never met a BIPOC. I've never met you know all this, this is weird stuff that... These highly educated people say it's bizarre. Nobody talks that way at the barber shop, the nail salon, uh, the the the, uh, the grocery store, uh, the community center. But that's how we talk now. So that's weird. And then the people who are very low down on the economic ladder need a bunch of stuff. You wind up over promising, but oh, we're going to give you reparations to to people at the bottom of the economic ladder, talking weird to appeal to people at the top of the economic ladder, and the working class walks away from you. That is the danger we're facing. Yes, it is. But don't worry, the Democrats are not going to listen to that because they they simply live in a world like Pauline Kael, who famously said, I don't know how Richard Nixon won. I don't know anybody who voted for him. A film critic, I think she was for New York Post or New York Times, said, I don't know how Richard Nixon won. It might be apocryphal, that story, but it's a story that's been around forever. And she said, I don't know how anybody would uh, won. I don't know how Nixon won. I don't know anybody who voted for him. Hmm. And finally, I want to illustrate to you what the left is now. <clears throat> and it's just a, a tale of hypocrisy that is that absolutely positively deserves a chef's kiss, a mwah, beautiful chef's kiss. Um, <laughs> I want to read you a couple of tweets. There's a left-wing activist out there, teacher out in Hawaii. All these people are teachers just seems so weird that so many of these people are teachers. A guy named Alden Bunang, right? <clears throat> Alden Bunang. Various tweets from Alden Bunang. Alden Bunang is very, very upset when people point out that, uh, conservatives point out in particular, you know, sending kids to drag shows and 
and talking to kids about sexuality, kindergarten and things like that. You might be grooming people. Very upset. So Alden Bunang has been a very vociferous tweeter on this subject. He says, you have yet to demonstrate why teaching kids basic sex ed and discussing gender sexuality with them is grooming, while I've repeatedly explained why. Don't tell me to effing Google anything. This is also why no one should take you guys seriously. You can never back blank up. Okay. Another one. So you want kids to be completely ignorant about sex. In kindergarten, you're kind of. Uh, which is true because pedos like you can feel them up and they won't understand what's going on and you can't verbalize it to their parents or otherwise. Also talking about LGB does not require discussing sex whatsoever. He's very, very violent rhetoric, adamant. Well, then the other just over the weekend, there's this report out of Hawaii, where Alden Bunang happens to live. A news report. Let's listen to this news report. Teacher has been arrested for sharing child pornography. Federal prosecutors say Alden Bunag sent illicit pictures and video to another teacher on the mainland and admitted to sex with a 13-year-old student. Manola Morales reports. Alden Bunag made his first court appearance on Thursday at the federal courthouse and remains in custody until his next hearing. Court records say he admitted to investigators that he recorded his sexual encounters with a 13-year-old boy who was a former student and sent the videos to others through a messenger app. According to federal court documents, Bunag had been sending child pornography to a teacher in Philadelphia. That teacher was arrested in October. Documents say Bunag and the mainland teacher exchanged over 3,300 messages to include hundreds of images and video files. And that Bunag claimed to have sex with the boy at the school during lunch breaks. He also described the boy as a former student and knew that he was a minor at the time. Records say he also admitted to distributing the video recording of his sexual contact and admitted to distributing child pornography involving other minor victims. One last Alden Bunog tweet. Quote, You're effing acting like we want to show kids porn or something. But something I've learned through the years is that whenever right-wingers accuse others of something, it's definitely because they're projecting. <laughs> Alden Bunog. He's now sitting in jail in Hawaii. He's now uh, apparently confessed to these things. So it's not going to be a good time for uh, Alden Bunak. He describes himself in his Twitter bio as a socialist high school teacher fighting for a better society for my students to graduate into. Artist, dancer, singer, photographer, writer, creative educator. And apparently somebody who films himself having relations with underage boys and sends it around to a clique of, dare I say, groomers? Ah, hypocrisy. Rot in hell. But first, rot in jail for a very long time, Alden Bunag. God, it's always it's always this way, isn't it? You're doing something horrible. You mean the, the thing you're doing? You're accusing me of that? That is all the time we have for today. Don't be an Alden Bunag. Appreciate you listening. What a horrible person. Glad he's in jail. I'll see you guys tomorrow.